Is it all good? All right, are we ready to go? We're back in our rehearsal, mate. All good, we're good to go. We're we're, good we, to go. We've had four appointments cancelled. We're here, now, now we're on. <laughs> Guys, today we've got Grayson Hart, ex-rugby player and business owner, into the CBD world. And I'm, I'm so excited to hear, because like you just said, we had four meetings schedule, yeah. reschedule, we're yeah. here. Yeah. All yeah. right, so I just asked you before the camera cut off, <laughs> I just asked you a moment ago, what was it like? You know, how did you get into rugby? And, yeah. you know, what was it like actually trying to get into rugby? We talk about sacrifices, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, like, I grew up loving rugby. I'm from New Zealand. We love rugby. Um, I was pretty good at rugby at school, but I wasn't like a star, you know. I was just a dude that was all right, pretty good. Um, but then there was a sort of time in my life where I was like, shit, I, I want to make something of my life. I want to kind of be a success. And I kind of hadn't really done well in school and all that. And I lived the, you know, like, I guess growing up things were a bit tough for us sure. and so I kind of looked at rugby I was like okay I want to really try be a pro rugby player so I can live a better life yeah so it was an odd one for me because it came with a kind of added pressure on it to try make something of me you know it wasn't just about the game um, I was honored and like like hugely proud to kind of make my make it as a professional and then yeah it was a tough it had its amazing bits and things I'm always thankful for for the opportunity it sure. gave me um, but it, has, it comes with a lot of challenges man it's mentally very taxing you got to learn to be very resilient there's a lot of change you lose your contract you God. get cut from the team you know all these types of things you're the you're the man one day yeah and then you're the next day you're nobody bottom. you know so dealing so, with that is tough but it's been a good good ride when you said uh when you're younger you wanted to be successful mm. what did when you're younger obviously t people grow up and yeah. perspective change what did successful mean when you were a kid honestly being man, honest for me a success would be Having one home to live in, not even not even a nice house, but just a home that's your home. Wow. Because um, growing like, up was pretty tough, right? Yeah, yeah. It was tough. I grew up with a single dad. My my dad uh, in my early years uh, faced uh, a lot of addiction, yep. and he overcame that, and that was one of the most inspiring things in my life that I saw. And you know, I, I think as well, like seeing my dad and how he overcame that and the love he had for us kids and how he was always there for us, even though financially things were tough, he was the most supportive and loving dude. Um, that that actually sort of taught me something about my view of success. It was not necessarily based around like having cool things and, and living a comfortable life, which I mean, obviously to me is something that you can aspire towards like li com living comfortable man like, yeah absolutely but it also showed me that there's more to it than that like i saw my dad as a success but we lived in a council house we yep. had no money but i i saw the love and kindness that he gave to me and anyone he came across as a massive success wow. so for me man like if i looked at success and kind of like living wise I, I just as a kid i was like man i just want to try to have a, ha a house of my own yeah i can live i want to have a wife i want to have kids i want to just it, it, it sounds silly but when no, you kind of got that i was like man i just want to buy the sneakers that i like yeah <laughs> that's true you right know, like, you don't I was, any different right yeah, yeah. i wasn't yeah. looking for like a lamborghini or anything but i just wanted to buy like the jordans that i wanted you know? <laughs> <laughs> so what are you into now so uh, let's leave the sort of the cbd and stuff for a minute but what is it what do you like doing so you're a family man you're at yeah, home man. you're married um, yeah i've got a beautiful wife um that I met, I was playing rugby in Glasgow, she was in London, we met, I convinced her to move to Glasgow, yeah. believe it or not, from London, yeah. um, so yeah, my, my life, that's a huge, well number one priority in my life, like my, my wife and our relationship, and we've got two dogs that we love very much, Amazing. so that's a, it's a pretty chilled life, man, like I work hard, um, and I chill, I really enjoy the gym, I've yeah. been doing CrossFit, like all like functional fitness, which since rugby's finished has been really cool for me because it's got that competitive edge, it's got that community aspect. Um, yeah, I, I just love reading, I love learning about like f people's perspectives on life, man, because I, I kind of feel like there's not one clear cut view on life, I feel like you can take different things from different philosophies and business leaders and so true you know like or, uh, spiritual things and like i don't know i like reading books around do you read a lot of books i do i've always well not always since probably the age of about 
23 to 30, I read heaps of books, um, which really moulded, I think, you know, my viewpoint on life. But um, in the last couple of years since the business started, I, I actually want to prioritise uh, reading more. Because yeah. it's something that I value hugely and then I've kind of allowed to fall to the wayside of it. So how did... You get so I mean look, become you know, being a professional rugby player, unbelievable. Most people then think, okay, maybe he's gonna open a gym or maybe he's gonna become a coach or a manager. Why did you go, do you know what? I'm gonna start making C B D. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, one of the fears of a pro athlete is like what are you gonna do after like life after sport for yeah. a career? because um, every pro athlete knows your career's got a limited shelf life. Because when you um, jumped in the car, you're like, my career, my rugby career's over, and you're 32. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite scary, yeah, right? Because if I said my career, I'd be shitting myself. Yeah, man. And, and, and a sporting career, like, it goes like this. It always goes like that, and then it goes back. So the back end of your career, like, in the middle of your career, you're usually earning at your peak, and then as you're at your age and your kind of team start looking to bring younger guys through, you know, your salary drops off. So it's kind of... And rugby's a career where, you know, yeah, there's... A few guys out there, the probably top few percent that really make a good whack of coin during yeah. it, but the rest, you know, like we don't make enough money to sit, like, like retire, or, yeah, like, retire, or even like give ourselves a real cushion to figure it out. You know, we need to be switched on. So, wow. Um, I, I in terms of pure sports CBD, uh, I was a guy that was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. It was always on my mind what I wanted to do after rugby. I knew I was very passionate about like health, well-being. Um, I'd actually done a bit of mentoring in a Premier League football club, which was something I really, really loved that I wanted to look to get into around like mental health and well-being as athletes. Um, so I, was, I always had that passion. And what happened during the right in the middle of my rugby career was um, I I got diagnosed with a thing called osteoarthritis in my right knee, which was hugely painful. Um, I was taking, I was getting up to like six painkillers a day. Um, and I just knew that it oh, was wow. so unhealthy, man. Like, um, made my mind not clear and my body didn't feel good. And I just started researching natural alternatives to painkillers. Yep. And then that's when I came across CBD. And I was like, shit, like, how do athletes take this? This is from cannabis. So I started researching. I saw it was no longer on the banned substance list, mm -hmm. just just um, CBD, cannabidiol. Yeah. Um, so I actually ended up researching some brands, ordered some um, whole lot of different products from America, trialed it. It worked wonders for my knee. Was able to like cut down the painkillers, get off the painkillers. Did it actually genuinely? Like yeah, yeah. Bro, like honestly. It, like I used to have to get my knee drained every about oh six weeks of fluid. So that's basically, yeah, okay. Yeah. And it looked like olive oil, and they used to take like the whole syringe out every six weeks. I, I, like I, I stopped getting my knee drained altogether. That's how much benefit and anti-inflammatory value like the CBD had on me. That's incredible. Um, and then what actually happened was a doctor, a team doctor at my club called me into the office and he was like, hey, like, what's happening? You're not coming for the painkillers anymore? We haven't drained your knee? Like, this is amazing. But like, you know, what, what's changed? And I was kind of a bit apprehensive. I was like, oh, I'm taking CBD. And he was like, oh, okay, well, let me look it up. Next day he came back, he's like, mate, like, you can't take it. It's not batch tested. So you can't guarantee that it's safe yeah. for the drug test. So, um, and by this point, my good friend and teammate Adam who's my co-founder with Pure Sport he was on CBD we both went away gutted and then we were researching everywhere to try find one that was batch tested no companies would kind of give us that certainty and then we were just like bro I ain't going back to painkillers like let's do whatever we can to find a way to do this ourselves yeah and that's how the idea started it took a lot of like reaching out a lot of research we got um we hired like a consultant to understand like what it would take to create the products at the right specifications to achieve the batch testing standard that was needed yeah so yeah um for me I'll, i'm lucky that in a way a horrible thing with my knee uh yeah. which really hindered my rugby abilities turned into like something that's allowed me a career after sport so how whereabouts can people find you know Pure sport. Where, yeah. where is it available? Uh, so, so the majority of our businesses, um, like direct to our customers on our website. Yeah. So, um, and just order online. Yeah, order online at puresportcbd.com. Um, and 
Is there a different variety then? Is there sort of like a stronger one, a medium one? Is it one yeah. for sleeping or is it all just for, for muscle or? So um, that's the other thing, right? Like we knew that when we launched the brand that athletes, pro athletes are a very small minority of the world. Yeah. And the funny thing about pro athletes, and I can admit it freely is, Pro athletes expect stuff for free. Like they don't want to buy stuff. No, They're like, oh, I'll, I'll, you want to give it to me, or my agent will talk to you, or whatever. So we knew, like, a, as a business, aiming at pro athletes wasn't a wise business move. But we wanted to show the world that CBD was good for you, yeah, and that you could trust it by getting it batch tested to a, a world standard and having it endorsed by pro athletes. Okay, would show the wider audience. So the thing is, our, our products are amazing for everyone. Like everyone in the world at some point is gonna struggle with sleep, stress, anxiety, um, pain and inflammation. Yep. You know, there's some crazy stats out there just in the UK alone with how many people struggle to sleep at night and how many people have chronic pains. Uh, so man our, our products for everyone um we do five strengths of the oils wow. um, like a real um kind of introductory strength and then right up to 3000 milligram which is like a very high strength cbd uh we do balms like which are applied topically people absolutely love those for uh like things like arthritis and, and wow. injury recovery and then we do do capsules as well which uh are infused with turmeric and ginger as well as the high strength CBD which um, some people love the with supplements they're used to you know what they they know and a lot of people are used to the kind of routine of taking capsules so yeah. that's a popular way to take it so um, you've got a variety of products yeah we got a variety so it's not just like a just one pill or some nah, oil and nah like what? when we first started we had two strengths of oil yeah the 1000 milligram 2000 milligram how does it taste to be honest um, the oil yeah, man, it, it's a pretty like um, chilled. It's like a, almost like a coconut because it's it's infused with uh, the the carrier oil is MCT okay. derived from coconut oil. Yep. Um, so it's got a very kind of low key natural flavour. Okay, which I, I enjoy it. a lot of people love it. Like um, it's we we get we have trust pilot set up where we get a lot of reviews and get some. It's part of the business that I love man because you, you know it's like, like the hustle and bustle and all looking at spreadsheets and emails and calls and then and then you know each day you get these reviews pop up on email from customers who are sharing these amazing benefits that they're seeing and quite often we get feedback like I tried another oil um, and I tried yours and the taste is wow. so much better so like they, Things like that. Like it's nice to see people enjoying it, having yeah. good experiences. Yeah. What's it like running your own business? Man, it's not what <laughs> it's not what I thought it would be in, in terms way? of. It's so much harder than I thought. Yeah. Um, and and I know you have some experience with the CBD industry as well. Like, um, it's a challenging industry, man. Like, there's always some new loophole, new challenge. Um, there's a, a lot of challenges with the marketing. There's a lot of restrictions. Because you can't um, advertise, right? So like on, on yeah, social media you platforms. You can't do any paid. Uh, so a massive part of marketing these days um, for you know e-commerce businesses is paid Facebook ads, yep. um, paid Instagram, all these things. Yep. You can't do that with uh, CBD. So your reach is very limited. Yep. So you've got to be very creative with how you connect. And that's a big part of Pure Sport. Like we're really passionate about like building a community yeah so we have a lot of like really cool ambassadors who are very well respected in like the health and fitness industries i've seen some of your events and they look really really good yeah, like i man. saw one not long ago with uh, lauren white yeah um amy barlow yeah. amy be fit and it looked you know it looked oh, like man. really really and good like see like these people are amazing like we love these like people like amy lauren like we've got some unbelievable people that love our products and love the brand the community um, so connecting with these people and, and and as well, man, like for me as a business owner, yeah. the the thing I value right from the start, and this wasn't something I like kind of planned, it was like our customers are our number one ambassadors. Mm -hmm. Like they share and talk about our products, their experiences, um, you know, and that that is the biggest marketing that like of mo the most value to us, that word of mouth. Yeah, absolutely. So I always say now as my team's growing and you know I'm like man when you interact with a customer and they want information or education or they've had an issue that you treat them with 
like the the same level as like a international athlete ambassador yes of course because yeah. these are the people man like they're, they're the ones buying the products product. exactly and and it reminds me every day when i see orders come through i look at the name i'm like man like i feel grateful you yeah know? absolutely like, shit, these people are buying our products it's it's, it's nice it's cool man it yeah. is it's, it's yeah. rewarding it is and especially man. when the product works and people will get it and they put a good review and it's actually yeah. benefiting them because obviously look a, a good business is based on solving problems and so you know and fixing solutions yeah and you've solved a problem for people yeah. a huge problem because yeah. it's their health definitely man. um how much is it, is it expensive to buy cbd oil yeah well i mean in, t in terms of like the supplement market cbd isn't a cheap thing and you know um i'm sure most brands are as the market evolves you know doing the best to um you know get the prices to be the most affordable that they possibly can be um we our products range from 22 pounds right up to 117 pounds um, oh, wow, okay. and then like everywhere in between yeah um but if you actually think about and break it down like for a high strength cbd even now like higher strength which is the 117 pounds mm -hmm. if you take the prescribed those recommended dosage you're you're getting the benefits of cbd in terms of sleep quality pain relief uh stress and anxiety all these amazing things for two pounds fifty a day wow like it's nothing bro, I'll, I'll happily pay for a flat white at the cafe well, every day it. for that you know isn't it amazing how much people spend on food coffees all this sort of the shit stuff yeah but they never really invest it in their yeah. their own health exactly yeah and it's about like you know uh, educating people on that as well it's like people see the price point and and i agree man i, I I think when I would was buying CBD, I was like, oh, this shit's so expensive, man. But, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But when I tried it and I saw what it did, I was like, bro, I'm willing to pay this money. Um, but it's, a, yeah, like we work hard to kind of allow people to understand, look, if you take the dosage, yeah. it's going to cost you this much a day. Like, to me, that's a bloody great return on investment. Absolutely. You know I mean? Yeah, for sure uh, it is. So, yeah. So, you man. no longer suffer issue with the knee? I still like my knee is still buggered. But yeah, of course. But <laughs> um, no, no more no more draining. Nah, too much no more draining. Like uh, oh, I, I still, you know, if I train hard and things like that, because of the makeup of my knee now. Yeah, of course. Um, like all my cartilage is, is worn away. The kind of biomechanics of my knee have changed wow. due to that. So like it's not cured. Yeah, it, it hasn't but cured it's my knee. Of course. Um, not even even in the middle of my career, like the the best knee specialists in the in, in the country were like we can't even do surgery on your knee to make it better you know wow. it's kind of just it's wasted away Fair enough. Um, so for yeah for me it's about like looking after my body but man it's like night and day for from what it was before Fair enough. Um, and it's about a lifestyle as well man i can't i can't say and be like oh it's only cbd that's changed you know rugby as a lifestyle is, is very extreme like yeah. you're putting your body through ridiculous that's immense rigors. amounts of pressure like yeah. you know knocks on your body pain yeah. i mean you must play through so much pain oh man that's the thing like as a pro athlete you you don't actually consider and 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 realize how much pain you're in until you're kind of done yeah you know you're like oh you start to wake up and your neck's like more like you can look fully side to side and your knees aren't aching and your lower back and your wow. shoulders aren't battered or your you don't feel really groggy from getting a head knock you know uh, like on a wow. weekly daily basis so because the kind of thing you go hard you play the game you throw everything into the game yeah you're then recovering for the next three days or, or, or like you're trying to recover but you're back into training on monday and then come thursday you're like oh shit, like we've got to play again now <laughs> yeah, and then, absolutely and then friday or saturday you're playing and it's just over and over you just learn to live with it so yeah like that's a shame that's a real just, lifestyle of painkillers and mm, coping and that's a shame you have to live with the pain yeah. like that's so sad yeah so what is grace and heart what's your fate okay let's go a little bit personal right so we, we've talked about the amazing cbd we know about you you know we, we'll go back into rugby later on but What's your favourite movie? You got a favourite movie of all time? Oh, shit. Because people want to know. Damn, I wish I thought of this. Yeah, well, that's why I asked. So, oh. would it be more gangstery, horror? Bro, I'm going to have to go for like a real classic, eh? Scarface. Um, bro, short, I, I was a big fan of Shawshank Redemption. Redemption. Yeah, yeah, great. That's an unbelievable Man. film. I only watched that for the first time about three years ago. Yeah. Great that film. One, I mean, I, I, I could probably try think of something else but no, that's I'll a good, stick with that's what a good shout. has, has kind of had a 
left an impression and, and I'm yeah no, no, that's a good one that's a good one music you into music yeah I love I love like um, there's some real cool Kiwi artists that I love uh, Kiwi yeah 660 660 um, I'll, I'll show you them after on Spotify no please don't <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Um, yeah man they've done amazing I used to play touch rugby with one of the or the lead singer and um, you know they were just on the rise uh, I used to play rugby with a guy professionally who he was the lead bass guitarist when they launched and he um, chose to go down the rugby route and then um, left the band and the band's absolutely blown up there worldwide now. Wow, amazing. Um, so yeah, like, like 660? Black, yeah, yeah, 660, Black oh, Seeds, right. I love my like hip-hop, love reggae. Yeah, um, nice. And you know, the other bits and pieces in between. Right. What do you reckon about London? Look how beautiful this city is, right? Mate, honestly, I love London. Do you? Um, I feel grateful to have lived here with my wife for a few years and obviously we're, we're just outside London now but I work here every day so very uh, it's an amazing place man it's so diverse it um, is isn't it I, when I first came I just loved like walking around and like people watching because I love I love like people who have their own unique style so, yes of course and 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 I just so happy being who they are like and you I wonder feel, where like what this where where's this guy going? What's he doing? Yeah, like, what's this dude up? Like he's got a, he's rocking his shorts, man. Like oh, he's probably his legs are cold, but he's 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 resilient. Yeah, you know? he's like, embracing it. But yeah, man, you, everywhere you look, someone people are just so different, and they're proud. I feel it's a city that welcomes people just being who they are. I think when growing up in New Zealand, yeah, you know we're we're very culturally diverse, but I think like your the way you dress and like you know like the things that you're into kind of I feel are quite molded by our culture whereas when I've come here yeah. everyone's like got a different background different viewpoint different it's amazing, style isn't it? I love it man it is great yeah. Where, where's your wife from did you meet her here she's from South Africa South Africa she, yeah does she's she speak the Afrikaans she speaks Afrikaans wow right? yeah, amazing yeah. she's trying to teach me a thing or two I'm not too good I won't embarrass her or myself <laughs> on this come on you need um, to do one or two uh, what's that Gedanki Gedanki I think if I said it right, sorry if I offended anyone, um, it means how are you today? Oh, nice. And then you would say, if you're good, you would say, good donkey, good which means like good thank you. So it's quite, <laughs> quite nice. Yeah. Have you been to South Africa? I have. What's I've it been, like? Oh, it's cool beautiful, yeah. man. Yeah, it's another eye opener, bro, because it's such a beautiful place, amazing people, yeah. um, but it's very sad because. You know the reality is which is something i didn't understand until i went there and, and i met my wife is it's classed as a third world country yeah so there's absolute like divide, divide. Man. and because of that there's crime um you know and you gotta it's i didn't understand you know i grew up in an area where i was from in auckland that was pretty rugged like you, you know you had to know how to get in, like sort of have a scrap to kind of look after yourself yep. and so I kind of thought what it was looked like to watch your back and stuff like that. You know, dudes would try to jump you for your shoes and wow. stuff like that. But when I went to South Africa, and I and my wife explained to me the reality, you know, um, I was scary. I was like, damn, like this is not a matter of watching your back so you don't get a hiding and get your shoes taken. It's no, this like, is so you don't get shot. So you don't get killed <laughs> yeah. for like the equivalent of five pounds or something. You it's know, crazy. Like, it's scary, man. But wow. It's sad because it's such an amazing place uh, and it's, uh, it just does kind of keep, get you thinking around the state of the world man, and how, I guess, lucky we are in a city like this. True. Am I correct in saying you played for Scotland? I did. Amazing. I did. Yeah. But you're... Yeah. you're. Well, how does this happen? <laughs> right? I, don't, this is, I don't get rugby. Yeah, yeah. I don't watch it. I don't understand it, right? I, well, I say no, I used to play rugby as a kid for Bedford, funny enough. There you go. But, hey, um, you're a bloody true blue rugby man. Absolutely. So I did play... And it was a good sta a good club at the time, yeah, Bedford. Yeah, I don't know if it still club. is. It's a good club. Um, but I don't, I don't get it, right? So how... You're from New Zealand. Yeah. You play for Scotland. Yeah. How does that work? Is it because you yeah. never played for New Zealand before? Yeah, or? so, so um, I obviously, when I was playing New Zealand, my ambition, I wanted to play for the All Blacks. Yep. That's like, Absolutely, I feel like right? every kid and most kid in New Zealand's dream. Um, and then when I started playing professional, I was like, oh damn, this is kind of, could be a reality. I was, that's what I was dreaming of. Um, and then it kind of like looked like, you know, I think I, I faced some struggles in my life and my rugby really kind of took a bit of a, a hit in terms of my ability, my performance and my commitment just through some of the difficulties and um, when it sort of looked like things weren't on track for me, um, I 
I knew I always knew my grandma was Scottish, right? And oh. what happens is um, when you're a young player in New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, especially those Southern Hemisphere countries, the English, um, or not English, the the UK, you know, like Wales, uh, England, Scotland, um, yeah. their unions, they're always scouting for young professional mm. rugby players in those New Zealand, South Africa, Australia. So what happened was when I was around like 20, my agent, I just played in the Junior World Cup for New Zealand, and then my agent hit me up, he was like, hey, uh, do you have any grandparents or parents born in the UK? And I was like, yeah, my grandma, she's born in Glasgow. And he was like, okay, sweet, good to know. Um, and then like, yeah, like a year later, the Scottish rugby were like, oh, we want to sign Grayson, they offered me a contract. At that point, I wasn't ready. Like I didn't think it was the right time for me to move away. I was still young. I'd only been playing professionally for a few years and my dream was still to crack it in New Zealand and do really well there. Yeah. And then when that wasn't looking like a reality, like the SIU Scottish rugby, they kept knocking and I was like, sweet, I'm ready to go. Yeah. I want to have a real goal at this. I want to try to play for Scotland. I want to experience another side of the world. Of course. You know, um, was that your first so, time here in the UK then? Going to Scotland. The only other time I came to the UK was in that Junior World Cup ah, for the okay. Under 20 World Cup and that was based in Cardiff. Um, so that was my first ever time in Scotland. Um, and then yeah man, every weekend off that I'd get, every week off, I'd just travel or nice. somewhere new, go around Europe. Because I kind of said to myself, look, I've got an amazing opportunity to have a life experience. Like, yeah, I'm going to do all I can with this amazing rugby opportunity with this contract. My ambition is to play for Scotland now. Um, but I'm gonna like enjoy this experience. Man. Absolutely. Um, what was it? What was it like getting your first cap? Yeah, it was a, it was such an honor, man. It was a massive buzz. It was sort of like this is my dream. Like, nervous? Oh, uh, I was nervous. Yeah, no, nah, I was yeah. nervous. I think I've always I, going into games. I've always been a bit nervous, but I've always what I learned is it's quite normal to be nervous. Mm. And then once the whistle goes. You just play like yeah. you, you know you, the nerves sort of just take care of themselves. You just you just play like the same when you're a kid. You yeah, know? that's right. Um, so yeah, I, uh, it was a big honor, man. But it was kind of a weird experience because my life dream was to like be a pro rugby player and, and playing international rugby. And 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 I remember being in the hotel after my first cap, feeling like kind of flat. And and, and I was like, man what's going on here because I thought if I achieved a lifelong goal I'd feel like kind of like content within myself yeah and it, I didn't I still felt like the exact same Grayson before I had that cap mm -hmm. and so what it kind of made me start reflecting on is I kind of started to see from my perspective anyway that we as humans are kind of taught to look for the next achievement yes. and always be like looking for the next thing to tick off and yeah. achieve you know and our culture kind of sets us up in that way it certainly does and I feel what I learned was we start to live a series of like pursuits to kind of feel happy or fulfilled yeah and even if you achieve them it's so short-lived it's like it made me almost turn that perspective around to be like I want to learn about being happy on a moment-to-moment -moment basis rather than trying to find happiness in my next achievement. Do, do you kind of have any experiences along those lines? Oh. Any, any, any thoughts on those? Do you know what, right? I've always been that guy where I always thought, if I achieve this, I'll become happy. Yeah. Um, and I, it was always like that until I became homeless. When I lost everything, and I, kept, I talk about this almost every podcast, yeah. people ask the same sort of things, right? Yeah. But it's, after that, you then realize, look, I, I realize that I'm an ambitious person. So wherever, whatever I achieve, I know that I'm going to want more and more and more and more yeah, and more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I am always grateful and I'm content with whatever I've got. And if I've lost everything sort of materialistically, I'd still be happy. Yeah. And that's what I've learned. But I have, I'm also accepting myself that I love achieving more. Yeah. So whenever I get if I achieved a goal, I'm like straight away, what's the next thing? What's the yeah, next yeah. thing? Because I always want to progress and learn and get better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think being happy with. And that's the thing, right? Like, I agree wholeheartedly. I feel we're designed to like learn and evolve and, and like be productive and do the things. But when I say be productive, I don't mean like constantly grinding or <laughs> like, you know, productive in the way that if you're not doing. I feel like we humans, we get this view that productivity is only for like meaningful things like that are going to progress you in your like career or whatever but 
I think you can be productive doing things you just enjoy doing as yeah. well. Like, yeah, and, of course. So I, I, I agree. I think ambition and aspirations and and like you know wanting to achieve things is very. It's an amazing thing and it's natural. Um, but I feel the ability to take on those um, tasks and 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 throw ourselves into things happen more easily when we don't feel anymore that we need the outcome to be all good. Yes. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, I, I, I want to rip in and I want to go hard for this because I just love doing, doing it. Doing it, the process. Yeah. yeah. And then when the outcome is achieved, it's amazing, like, but it's but not the sole reason No, of course. Why, yeah, know? of course. You enjoy and the do you think, like, if that's the view, when you are on these kind of paths of achieving things, often the, the, the game plan shifts, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Absolutely. But when you enjoy the process, it's not work. It's yeah. not grind. It's not a, a chore. Yeah. In fact, it's it becomes fun. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. And then, like you said, the reward at the end of it, it's sort of like, well, it's not all about the reward. Yeah, it's about yeah, the process. Yeah, like, yeah. some people enjoy training to get to somewhere. Exactly. So some people say, like, I want to compete. Yeah. And what the, it's not the competing that they just really enjoy. It's yeah. actually the training up yeah, to that yeah, and how yeah. it makes them feel. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I, I once read this thing about Olympic athletes that there was some real high rate of like, depression um, when these Olympic athletes who were the, like kind of ahead of the game, like the leaders, they had, and they achieved like gold medals. Yeah. And you know it comes in four-year cycles, so their four-year cycle was leading up, building, training to get that gold medal. And I and I read these like interviews and feedback from these a lot of these people's experience that a lot of them experienced like a really quite deep depression at once they achieved their gold medal because it was like now well now what am I going to put mm-hmm. all my focus and time and energy to if I don't have something new to achieve yeah absolutely and it kind of for me made me think what we're chatting about now it's like like you don't have to have some massive thing that you want to achieve like, no. like it can be a small gradual daily thing that you just want to implement in your life you know yes. it may be a big thing but it may so, just be a daily small task that you want to do and achieve and it's a good um, shout so yeah man I, like I said I really love reading books and that was something that I kind of always stuck in my mind I was like damn you'd think that an Olympic athlete they like would just be like content like damn I've achieved my life aspiration yeah but it's crazy to think a lot of them were depressed because they didn't know what to do next well imagine if you didn't achieve it yeah. imagine if you trained for four years and you were so close and you came second yeah, or yeah, third yeah. like it must be really hard yeah. and I know I know I, I, used to, I know a pro athlete and I've interviewed him and he's a, you know, he's a really nice guy yeah. and it's so important to have something outside of your career as well yeah, and like yeah. what you did like two years before sort of not not the end but when yeah. you retired yeah. you sort of thought what's what's after yeah, this yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and you sort of come up with an unbelievable brand and a product which helps people's lives which is pretty incredible oh, yeah. if you didn't go into CBD what would you have gone into what else was there another thing that you sort of oh, I really um, enjoy that well I, like I said mate, I was always trying to think and figure out and I think I've been someone who I really wanted to build a career around like something that I love doing, you know, I, I kind of saw a lot of athletes, um, they would go into a career that almost filled the void of being a rugby player when it was no longer there. Um, and, and you know, I think part of that void in their minds was the level of salary yeah. and almost like doing something special, like, like, cause I think when you're an athlete, people when they they're like oh what do you do or you know i, I play rugby it comes off as like oh like you're it's a special career kind yeah. of thing you know and i think what we don't realize as we go on is we we really feel like it's a special career because we get treated a little bit like people are interested in it yeah um and and you kind of people almost try and find something that they can their egos pleased with like a career yeah for me i i knew i i, I was happily I would be happy to fade into like obscurity like no one knows my name and <laughs> I was never a big famous rugby player anyway so I, I just wanted to do something that I f- would enjoy on a daily basis yeah um, partway through my career like I said I had the opportunity to work with um, a football club with the academy mm-hmm. um, and I was mentoring uh, the, the young players and from the under 14s to the under 18s um, just around 
perspectives around uh, life as an athlete um, and trying to find balance and understanding of your identity. So I think, you know, I absolutely love that. And before I got into pure sport, which I still feel shares the alignment with that well-being yep. that I was really passionate about, I, I think I would love to continue down the lines of working with young athletes mm-hmm. um, to allow them to understand, like, your life, your value isn't dictated by your successes on the sports field, you know? Yeah, true. Because, um, man, like, I've seen a lot of young athletes, old athletes, really struggle, you know, like, mentally. Because it's such a shame. It's such a up and down. Yeah, like, absolutely. Sport, you know? Well, one, one bad game, you could be out for a while, right? Yeah, and yeah. then, you know, a couple of good games, you're the, you're the star. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like you said, you could just be dropping, yeah. or you have an injury, yeah, man. and you can't get back in the team. Yeah. But so, one day the coach wants to change a strategy, you don't suit that strategy. Yeah. We get an injury, or the coach just decides he doesn't like you. Um, or, or you're at one team, you might sign a bloody five-year contract. You think you're set, you know, for five years. Yeah. A new coach comes in the following year. Oh, I don't want this guy. Let's like get him out of his contract. Wow. Like, you know, that's the reality of sports. So it's cutthroat. It is cutthroat, man. And people, when you believe your value as a human is dependent on it, on your career, yeah, you're gonna struggle in sport, man. So for me, it was it's about learning and like working with these young people to see that they're not dependent on it, that they can be resilient through all the ups and downs. So, Fair enough. Uh, yeah, man, I, I would love to be. If I wasn't doing pure sport, um, I would love to do that. But I still always tie that element of what I'm passionate about into pure sport as well. Fair enough. Tell me about your diet. You eat well still or not? Because obviously as a Um, rugby player, you must have had to eat a lot before, no? Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, man, like I've learned a lot over the years about diet. I grew up, like I said, uh, with my dad and he didn't cook, you know, or if he did, it was like real humble sort of meals. And... You know, my view on what was healthy as a young guy, uh, I, I thought like a kebab was really healthy because <laughs> it was meat. healthier in, uh, in my view than McDonald's, you know, because <laughs> they had like a wrap and lettuce in it and their batter on it and stuff. But you know, I, I actually thought like that was healthy, you know, like, yeah, it's probably healthier than McDonald's. And don't get me wrong, I'm sure you can probably get some amazingly healthy <laughs> kebabs, sure but the majority probably not. So, not, so, yeah, exactly. so I, I've learned a lot, man, but I, I wouldn't say I'm like the most advanced um, in terms of my diet, but um, I'm very fortunate, like my wife, she's the cook of the house. Yeah, she does good. some amazing stuff. I've, I've really um, uh, kind of played around a lot with trialing um, vegetarian diet. Um, vegan? I've, I've never done fully vegan. Yeah. Um, I felt like vegetarian was enough of a challenge for me. <laughs> and I kind of went through, I'd go through like little phases and I really quite enjoyed it, but I never identified or labeled myself as like a vegetarian, but because I always knew, I was like, well, if I want to go back to eating meat, I'm just going to eat meat. meat. So why do I need, I don't need to no, label exactly. myself. No, exactly. So, but I, I like to try and see what works for me, yeah. you know, um, but I'm, I'm pretty chilled with my diet. I, I'm quite mindful of, you know, well, like trying to eat fruit and vegetables. I start my day with a smoothie, um, you know, like. Every my, day? Most days. days. Wow. Yeah, because yeah. for me, like, I know, say, if I'm in a rush later and i got to get something quick for lunch or dinner or whatever, yeah. um, I know it's, I've started to have a good feeling because I always blend in, like, some kale or some spinach, you know. Jesus, yeah, Mr. Health Man. No, but that's the thing, I'm not, bro. But, like, I, if I do that, I'm like, okay, at least I've got some greens in for the day, you know. Um, so what's your guilty pleasure? Would you, if, okay, so forget, if you, if you could eat anything and not worry about health or diet, what would you eat every day? Oh, chocolate. Really? Yeah, Love, good man. man I like, like that. Yeah, yeah chocolate. I'm okay. A, like, I, I'm at puddings that. or chocolate bars or what? What's, all, what's the... all sorts, like chocolate bars, um, ice creams, like you know, like magnums and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, chocolate biscuits. Yeah, okay. Um, like what? Like a di- digestive or a hobnob um, or a cookie? Oh, mate. I'm, I might be turning into a bit of a snob these days, but there's a Marks and Spencer up the road and they do like these like round chocolate round ones and they have like and a the real blue packet. Thick, yeah. It's the blue packet. And the chocolate's oh real thick, God, man. they're so yeah, good. Yeah, I love those ones. Yeah, they're um, called chocolatey rounds. Yeah, that's the Marks one. and Spencer's. Those are good, Your man. Plug. Yeah, and like I'll, I'll eat the whole packet. Yeah, yeah. it's so yeah. thick. I'm that right? guy that like I can only buy limited amount of treats at a time. 
because I'll eat the whole lot. What is that? Is that maybe like an addictive personality in some ways? Maybe. I think so. I think I do have that type of... uh, Even with my business, like, because I'm so passionate about it, it's bordering on, like, addiction. It's addictive, (laughs) man. Yeah, jump into it every, like, 100 to 100% constantly. Yeah, Yeah, but that's what makes things work, right? It's consistency. Do you believe in that? Yeah, definitely, man. Like, uh, it's... It's definitely about, yeah, being consistent for me and, like, just always, like, being willing. Because I knew all along that I was not a business expert. Mm -hmm. So I think the one thing that I've, has allowed our business to grow is I've hugely valued learning from people that know more than me. Yeah. And always being that, like, knowing I'm not the expert here, Mm -hmm. you know, and that collaboration and being able to connect with, like, really knowledgeable and experienced people but that's quite a tough mindset to have of the fact that you're willing to learn because some people are like no no I know how to do it I know how to do it yeah. I know. and when the fact is you don't know how to do it mate yeah like, and I think that's the thing like I, I feel fortunate in the regard in business that I knew I was not an expert I didn't have any business experience I didn't have any um, education on business I just was I, f- I was hugely passionate about CBD and what it did for me yeah. and about creating something that I knew wasn't available. Um, Fair enough. And, yeah, man, so I, I think I've been l- lucky that I've just, I think, been realistic enough to know, you know, even now after two years, I'm like, bro, I've learned so much, but yeah. I'm still such a novice. Yeah, you're still learning. To other people. Always right? learning, yeah. no, ma- no matter yeah. how long you've been doing it, how many businesses you've had, yeah. no matter who you are, you're yeah. constantly learning. And yeah. if you think that you're not, you're arrogant, yeah. And you're gonna fail. Yeah. Like at some point, yeah. it's not gonna happen for yeah. you. So, yeah, yeah just yeah. just embrace it. It was something I learned in rugby, man. Like I found a lot of coaches. I, they, I feel as though they forgot. A lot of coaches used to be players. Yeah. And I feel as though they forgot what it was like to be a player when they become a coach after a while. And That's a they would shut often shut players' perspectives down. Like they would pretend because they get taught like, oh, as a coach, you gotta like take on board the players' views. But often, like, they would ask for it because they're taught that's what you should do mm. as a coach, and then they'll just shut it down. And, and, and often, I don't think they even knew they were shutting it down, but the way they would kind of come across and, like, their way is the way they know. But often, I'll be like, bro, like, we're the ones on the field. We have to do it. Like, yeah. surely you need to value our perspective. Absolutely. So I feel being frustrated as a rugby player by people who thought they knew it all yep. um, has helped me to be like, bro, I don't know. I don't know. I don't all. know. Um, and I'm and I want to learn. Yeah, you know? I like that. Um, have you? Had, has there like? Has there been people in your kind of throughout your career and, and with business that have have helped you? Yeah, I love listening to people. So if I don't know something, I've always said to people, if you don't know something, just say I don't know yeah. and go and learn it. Yeah, yeah. Never blag it. Like yeah, you, can, yeah. you can blag it up to a certain point and then yeah. you get caught out. Yeah, yeah. And when you get caught out, people then don't trust you. Yeah, exactly. So just say. I don't know, but I'll find out. So you're, we're constantly learning. Every yeah. day I'm learning from anyone, yeah. people younger than me, older than me, I don't care. Yeah. And someone was like, I went out for a meet, business meeting the other day and the guy was really young. Like, why are you wasting your time? He's just a kid. I was like, trust me, yeah, yeah. he knows more about what he does than yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. just let me learn something from yeah. him. So yeah, always learn, always learn. Yeah, like young people have a fresh perspective on things. Yeah, they, they do. And they? like they're growing up with these technologies that like even for us, <laughs> like we ain't like old ass dudes, no. but these kids are growing up with the technology that they can way, suck it um, yeah, they suck it in so much quicker yeah, yeah. that's what I'm, I feel in some ways I feel I look at them and feel bad because they're growing up so fast yeah, yeah. but that's just the way it is right yeah same people used to look at us and go god these kids are growing up so quick these yeah, days yeah. it's the same shit man no, same it, shit. Is, it is so what do you, you think of the new studio because obviously they used to be done in my studio and now this Mate, is my honestly, new studio I, I have been so excited to get into the studio with you, like, <laughs> obviously I watch on on your Instagram and, um, Thanks. mate, massive fan, I, 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 I was telling my colleagues um, at the Pure Sport team, obviously that I was coming here to do this, and that we're going to cruise around in one of your, you know, sick whips and, <laughs> and do a podcast, I was like, bro, that's sick, man. It has to be done in this car, I mean, uh, yeah, the, I did it in the Porsche, because this got broken into. That's why it's, one of our appointments got yeah. cancelled. Yeah. So the window, that window got smashed. The leather got ripped. That's a new seat. Back window got smashed. People are animals. Did they? Did they get anything? Nothing. After? I don't keep anything in the car. So there's some water for you as well, oh, which is which is cool. Thank you, sir, mate. That is five star service. There you go, and it's cool. Mucking around. Yeah, look. Has that got a cooler there? Yeah. Holy Feel the bottom of it. 
Shit. Touch the bottom. It's freezing. Man. Yeah. I'll keep saving up for one of these. Mm. <laughs> Waste of money. Do you like cars? I do. Um, I've I've never been like um, a guy that like was wanted a like unreal car. It wasn't like it's never been something that I've Despite been it. a kind of yeah, yeah like necessity that I wanted to achieve. But um, I do love and appreciate like a nice car, man. Uh, like yeah, they they're great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But again, the minute you pick one up, yeah. you want the next. What's the next one? Yeah, exactly. What's the next one? Yeah. It never stops. Yeah. So, that was so, the thing I learned when. Um, because I grew up, you know, like we had shitty cars and I was, you know, as a kid, you know, you, you often get a little bit embarrassed when, you know, your dad's on rocking up in a shitty as old as course. Toyota Corolla. And when I got my first rugby contract, I was like, okay, cool, I'm going to go get me a car. And I, I, I wasn't like getting paid a huge amount of money. I was getting paid. Yeah. It was pretty good for a 19 year old. And I went and bought an um, Audi A4. Nice um, car. It was cool, man. And, um, and I do remember uh, for the first month I was driving, I was like, bro, this has got leather seats. Yeah. Like, <laughs> had like, like alloy wheels. I was like, bro, this is sick. Had a CD player, everything. <laughs> I was like, fuck. And then I remember after a month, I'd be like looking out the window, being like, oh, but that that's the newer version. Oh. <laughs> that's what happens though, doesn't it? It does. You, we need to learn to bloody appreciate what we've got. Otherwise, that's what I mean. You just keep chasing. Yeah, it's shit, true. Right? And, and and yeah, ch chasing stuff that costs money is also very, mm. very dangerous. And some, in some, look, on the flip side of things, it can also keep you motivated and hungry and keeps you working, right? To try and yeah, achieve the thing. So definitely. nothing wrong with no. wanting to aspire to it. The Man, problem is just- There is nothing wrong don't with go having nice stuff man and just wanting it yeah it's, just don't do it for other people yeah. and it's when it's like you need to check yourself when it's you've got something that you love yeah and then within a period of time you're like trying to look for the upgrade because like man that viewpoint people do it with like relationships as well yeah, absolutely like, yeah like you can get a sick pair of sneakers next week you want the next Careful one what you wish for hey yeah you can meet an unbelievable man or lady yeah. whatever you're into and you know then you're you get that wandering eye you think this is the best thing that's ever happened to me and then like you think the grass is green six months later you're like yeah. looking like, oh shit but like yeah I, I just think the more we reflect on like where our motivation's coming from yeah i feel like we can begin to live like more content lives true you know? but there's and, a there's a lesson there that you said about earlier on so this car's well annoying so if you do that it changes the channel Oh, and like changes the volume. It's really wow. not. Yeah, yes. Yeah, it's it's it quite, your hand signals. It does, yeah, it's so crazy. was that me doing that? I think or you might you have done it. it. Yeah, you might oh, have done shit. it. Um, <laughs> but going back to you know what you said earlier on when you were a kid and you you know your dad didn't have a great car and you're a little bit embarrassed. Mm -hmm. How relevant is that now looking back in your life? Like, did it actually matter that your dad had a crappy car? Nah, you know, look back. Does it? Nah, man. Like, I mean, I think <sighs> we're all human. Like, you you can't help but you know have pride and, and kind of like worry what people think yeah but i think what i learned is no one gives a shit as much as what you think they do absolutely you know I mean? like no one no one cares man and the ones that do like they're sad like they're yeah, they're, they're either having a real bad day or they're they're, they're irrelevant they need to kind of probably question what their <laughs> like their perspectives are but it's true yeah i, I yeah, I think um, it definitely was it, was, it was pretty tough, man. And I, and I always feel like compassion for, you know, like people out there that are, you know, struggling because I kind of know, I, I know the feeling, you know, and I know, and I know you do as yeah. well. So it's like, I but you can know, only man. you can only help yourself. And yeah. like there's there's. It, the, the, like people say there's there's not much help help out there for there is loads of help yeah, out there man. you just have yeah. to go and find it yeah. and it's like anything in life help isn't just going to come and land on your lap yeah. money isn't going to come and land on your lap neither is success neither is happy yeah. like you have to find it yeah. like but you have to yeah. do the hard work no, right definitely i'm sure this i'd love to hear your take on this nathan but like when my when i started to kind of see life differently and work to you know live a happier life and and kind of take things into my own kind of power and do what i could to you know and stop looking at life as a victim because of this circumstance or that or whatever what i noticed was there were people around me like you know loved ones and friends that they were stuck in that like 
victim mentality and they were struggling and they always wanted other people to bail them out or they wanted to borrow money or and I used to before I understood it I almost would just always give in and try to do what I could to help them or give them money or whatever like whatever means I could yeah but after a while I realized the cycle is gonna just keep going mm-hmm. until that person Learn. shifts a, a viewpoint that to see that I can't keep relying on other people. I need to change something. Yes. H- have you kind of experienced that with yep. people in your life? So or? I remember when I was younger, I would always try, I sort of always wanted to ask for help. And I remember, so when I, when I knew things was spinning out of control mm-hmm. and before I came homeless, I actually wanted to ask help for somebody. Mm-hmm. And he said no. Mm-hmm. And from that, I then didn't want to ask anybody else because I then felt embarrassed to ask yeah, somebody for yeah, help. Yeah. Um, and it was from that I then learned I need to do this on my own. Yeah. Um, but you're right, like people will ask for help. Yeah. And I, I, someone in my family said, look, can I have some help? And I just said, no. Yeah. Like now, yeah. because it, it's not actually helping yeah, you. Yeah. You think it, you think you're helping people yeah. like short term. The problem is it happens again, yeah. you're gonna ask for help. Yeah. And it, there's nothing wrong in asking for help, yeah. but it's how many times you need yeah, to learn yeah, from yeah, your yeah, mistake, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like we, if, if someone's asking you for help, you almost try, need to try to gauge are they truly trying to make a change and is what they're asking of me something that's necessary for them to make an actual shift in their life yeah or is it just that oh, like cycle of reliance and putting their shit onto someone else yeah you know what i mean because agreed i think for me it was i had to learn a tough way with loved ones like um the more you give and give, it's kind of just allowing them to continue and relying on other people. Yeah. And and only, I've I've actually seen like with with people in my life like actually saying no might have been the best thing I could have done That's for them it. eventually. Yeah. Um, because it led them to a point where they're like, I either got to change my life or I'm stuffed. Yeah. Kind of, you know. Absolutely. Um, and and thankfully, you know, like, uh. I've, I've it's cruel to be kind, yeah. right? And I have had a loved one who I'm very close with who their life, they truly did turn their life around when they took it into their own hands after, you know, myself and some other family were like, look, we, we cannot help you anymore. Um, and and then, you know, on the other side, I've had a family member who kind of things went the other way, but, you know, it's you can't feel responsible to fix other people can you no you, you can't know? it's not it's not your responsibility to make them happy yeah. it's not your responsibility to fix all their issues yeah, yeah. Um, and it's not your responsibility to keep saying yes yeah. but uh, you know if somebody asks for help it's up for you to think like i can help them in the best way possible yeah. whether it's to actually give them what they ask for yeah. or just to help them and say yeah, no yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. but no, yeah definitely it's a massive um yeah man there's so much we can learn just through our own experiences and so if, true if we're able to reflect on them absolutely yeah. Guys, we've had Grace and Hart. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been an honour and a pleasure. All of Pure Sports CBD's details will be below. So if you want to go and have a look at his website, Instagram, they'll all be there. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Cheers, man.